You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Rosie Report, Spring Training Edition. It's all you need to know about the Tribe in Goodyear. Daily updates, player interviews, along with other spring training hijinks and tomfoolery. Now, here's Jim Rosenhaus. This is the Rosebud Report, blossoming from spring training. Welcome in, everyone, to episode number 25 of the Rosie Report, spring training edition. Our time out here in Goodyear beginning to wind down, but uh, still a lot of news out of Indians camp on Friday. Jim Rosenhaus, along with you, great to have you with us for another edition of the Rosie Report. Well, Friday, the game on the field was a good one between the Indians and the Rockies. A 5-4 Tribe win on a late home run in the eighth inning. A three-run shot off the bat of second baseman Owen Miller, who has had quite the spring. And uh, Logan Allen turned in five scoreless innings, striking out seven along the way as he continues his bid to nail down the uh, fourth spot in the rotation or at least a spot in the rotation and we may have some clarity over the weekend in fact by the time you listen to this there may be some clarity on the back end of the rotation from tribe manager Terry Francona so we'll see but uh, a lot going on on Friday before we get to our interviews and uh, some other news and notes the moves that were made on Friday in case you did not see them the Indians inform the following players that they'll be on the opening day roster. Yu Chang, Ben Gamble came in as a uh, non-roster invite. He'll be one of the Indians outfielders. Oliver Perez, the ageless one, makes the club, as does uh, Ahmed Rosario, but you knew that was going to happen. Now the key will be how much center field will Rosario play. And uh, maybe the, the biggest news Jake Bowers was named the team's first baseman. He'll be on the opening day roster. Bobby Bradley, who uh, had the better spring, to be sure, was optioned to uh, the alternate site. And uh, obviously he'll be assigned to the alternate site and and be ready on a moment's notice. Also optioned over to the depth camp alternate site, Kyle Nelson, who uh, really showed well in relief. Harold Ramirez, an outfielder that was signed on a – a transaction from the Miami Marlins where he had some good success two years ago. He's also been sent over there, but both will be on the taxi squad for the opening road trip to Detroit and also optioned over was outfielder Bradley Zimmer. That was somewhat of a surprise as well. And then reassigned over to the depth camp and alternate site pitchers, Anthony goes and Blake Parker. So a lot of news coming out of uh, Friday at the Indians complex here in Goodyear. And uh, once the game began, good stuff for the Tribe, that 5-4 to four win. Logan Allen particularly impressive, so is Owen Miller. After the game, Terry Francona talked about the day. Well, I mean, I thought it was – I thought he finished up really strong. That was, that was really encouraging. He's been, I'll tell you, I mean, his camp has been really good. You know, have you, have you had any conversations with the starters? I know you said you were kind of reluctant to get into the rotation this morning. Yeah, no, not not yet. We we will. There'll be time for that. Um, we just wanted to get through the player moves first, and then we'll have time. We actually need to sit down as a staff and talk through it a little bit more, and we will. What did you see from Karen Jack? What what do you think was happening? I started out first hitter O two, and then walked him, 
just, you know, just, just pitching behind in a lot of counts. I know he's a little frustrated, but, you know, I, again, I fall back. His stuff is good. That's the good part. So there's a lot to work with. I just think we got to get him to, to understand too a little bit. Like, you know, he had a guy 0-2 and he got there with two breaking balls and then he went back with a breaking ball. If he shows him a heater, probably gets him out on the next pitch. And that's just some youth that hopefully we can help with and, and we will. Those just the kind of growing pains you got to go through maybe with young guys, young pitchers and relievers and starters. Yeah, yeah. And then I think to, to think that you're not is probably not realistic. Um, there's so much to like there. We'll, I'm, I'm confident he's going to figure it out. You know, Jake Bowers had a bit of a tough game defensively and, you know, looked like he was maybe looked like he was pressing a little bit at the plate too. Uh, with the decision that was made today and, you know, with Bobby Bradley going to be at the, the depth camp and, you know, is, is it possible that he's maybe going to be putting pressure on himself early on in the season as well? Well, I hope he wasn't pressing today because he just found out he made the ball club. So, you know, I think he had, a, I think he had a tough day. I don't think, you know, Joe, I think you can come up with a reason or an excuse to press anytime. You know, that's why, you know, being an everyday major league player, I've told you guys this a lot. I have so much respect for those guys because it's not just physical, but it's mental also, you know, because they get beat up from time to time and being resilient enough to come back and, and not just hit, but, but make plays in the field or, or run the bases. That's what winning major league baseball players do. And that's what we're trying to get to. You, you've talked a lot about Owen Miller this spring. I mean, comes through, <laughs> gets a big hit again. I mean, yeah, it was fun to watch. I mean, Again, he uses the whole field, and and we talked about that he's going to grow into some power. I think he showed that today. You know, that's he's a really interesting kid to watch. And Logan Allen also weighed in on his performance. Uh, slider was really good. Fastball was doing what it wanted to. Um, my I, I slowed down a little too much. My tempo was a little slow the first inning, and um, you know I got a little nitpicky with the zone instead of just you know throwing my stuff where it plays best and trying to get a double play ball instead of, um, you know, fill, filling the zone up because later in the game when I had the similar situation, I filled it up and got a double play like I was planning on. But uh, yeah, I, 34 pitches in the first, not ideal. But um, after I got out of that inning, one obviously fired me up a little bit, some adversity getting out of it. And then, uh, Speeding my tempo up, getting the ball and going, and it, it made the rest of the outing much smoother. Um, I, I, I felt like I had all four of my pitches working where I needed them to today, and, yeah, I was very happy about it. Logan, I know there's always so much talk during spring that spring stats really don't matter that much and don't read into them, but when they're going in your favor the way that they have this spring, what, what does that do for you and your confidence heading into the regular season? It started with the confidence before camp and then it just you start riding this wave of confidence and, you know, the, the results that are being put in. And yes, I agree. Like, you know, spring stats don't always matter to the point like they do in season. But, um, you know, I had to come into camp and prove a point that, you know, that my stuff plays and, and I feel like it has because you look at it from one aspect, if someone's doing well, it's like, yeah, results matter. And in spring training, if someone's struggling a little bit, all the results really don't matter. And, and, and I and I and I get that. But at the same time, it's like everything I've done to create this routine for myself, the fact that it's worked 
time and time and time again. And even though it's a small sample size, it's something I'm definitely going to build on and, and continue to do. Logan, uh, excuse me if you if you've answered this already. I got in kind of late, but uh, you know, Tito said this morning he wasn't. He wanted to talk to some people about the rotation. I wonder if you have heard anything about you know if you're made it or you're in or you're out or how you how your standing is. Uh, they haven't talked to me uh, about anything yet. Um, you know, obviously we're getting towards the end of camp. People start getting antsy, but you know, I, I came in today with my head down and. Um, just wanted to stay focused on my outing because you know it, it does come to the point at the end of camp you start your mind starts to wander. Um, but the, the fact of the matter is, is I had a game to pitch today, and I, you know, that, that was my my only concern. Um, you know, the, the the worst thing I could have done is come in the field, and you know, you see certain moves are being made, and um, start thinking about when I'm gonna when I'm gonna get a tap on the shoulder or, or a meeting or things like that. So. Um, like I said, I have, I have not heard anything, but, um, you know, I, I'm just happy I was able to take the, the off-field decisions out of the equation and go out there and, and, and throw up some zeros. Is this the best kind of stretch you've had, you know, in se you know, regular season, uh, you uh, know, regular season or spring training? Yeah, I, I would say maybe like in, in, in double A, when I was in double A is when I, I, I kind of had this same you know, wave I was riding with some consistency and, and I wanted up being the best year I ever had uh, in, in the minor leagues. Um, and, and I have that same kind of feeling this year coming into camp. I mean, obviously I've done a ton of things to prepare and, and I've worked on a lot um, with the help of my coaches and teammates. But um, yeah, it's definitely up there as far as um, the, be the best I've felt physically, mentally. Um, the results are there, but they need to continue to be there. And uh, I just got to keep doing exactly what I'm doing. And, um, you know, the rest will play out itself. I, I know you always talk about the, the pitching factory here. What is that? How has that helped you? And you could ask, you could ask every single pitcher in the clubhouse and they would have a lot to say about it. I mean, first and foremost, uh, Ruben Niebla, our analytics staff, you know, Bender Merberg, Carl Willis, you know, they, they, they laid everything out to me of the information they had taught me what, what, what things meant and, um, and, and really helped me buy into this process of, of what the Indians do so well. And, um, I, I gained a ton of success in, in doing all the little things they wanted me to, it didn't, it didn't happen overnight. Um, you know, like, like I said, I'm a completely different pitcher than I was July 31st, 2019. Um, uh, when I came over here, things changed and um, obviously it's been for the better, but it's not only just the coaches and the numbers and your bullpens and stuff. It's, you know, the other pitchers you got, you know, Beaver, Savali. Savali is an extremely cerebral pitcher that uh, that takes his time to to help with it, to, to help and, and give input and stuff when, when he can. And, um, you know, Nolan Plesak every day gets the motivation and everything high and, you know, seeing what they do with, with, with Tristan and, and, and other guys too, like, like all those things help the catchers, the catch Bebo, uh, you know, like I said, it was only the second time I pitched to him today, but like, you know, being able to work with the catchers and, and they are able to, to help everything that I'm doing stay where it needs to. And, um, you know, this Indians pitching factory is, is no joke. And I know it's a small sample size, but, um, you know, if, it, if, if I'm still doing what I'm doing 
when it comes to season season like I plan on, you know, it, it's pretty obvious that it, it, it works. Now, we went through a laundry list earlier in the show of moves, transactions, those who made it, those who did not. And earlier in the week, Trevor Steffen, a Rule 5 selection out of uh, the Yankees organization this past uh, December, he was notified that he made the ball club. We had a chance to visit with him uh, shortly after the announcement was made and uh, talk to him about hearing the news. Obviously, a great story uh, for spring training, making the ball club as a, a Rule 5 selection. Uh, can you take us inside uh, when Terry Francona let you know what, what your emotions were and how that meeting went for you? Yeah, I mean, I just got pulled aside. Uh, he invited uh, me into the office, and then from there is the uh, GM, Carl, and Tito. And, you know, Tito did all the talking, and they just were happy to have me. It was a cool moment, you know. It was, it was special for sure, something I'll always remember. You threw the ball really well during the spring, but was it still a surprise when, when they pulled you in and, and told you the news? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the communication here has been pretty unbelievable. As far as I'm, This is the second org I've been a part of, and the communication's been great. I was kind of, in my vision, I thought it was going to take it in longer towards the season, but to find out when I did, that was awesome. It, it seems like um, maybe a, a conflict when, when you are – part of a rule five selection and that it's a great opportunity but the flip side is it can be difficult to make a roster in that spot how did you look at it when when you found out you were selected by the indians back in december i just looked at it as a good opportunity obviously getting rule five the way i did automatically put you on the roster and then from there i just kind of had to take care of what i could to you know stick on the roster and make sure i uh you know get that chance to prove myself and obviously the Indians saw something in you that they, they liked from your time with the Yankees. Uh, but since you've been here, what are some of the things that that they've been able to do with you that's allowed you to really succeed and, and have the type of spring that you did? Just kind of getting back to, you know, when I entered pro ball, I thought I was probably at my best, like, movement pattern-wise. And, you know, just being able to throw my fastball with the life and the characteristics and stuff. And then uh, – Kind of 18, 19, I didn't really have the same fastball that I used to have. And, uh, you know, I came back, I came over here and I, you know, found the fastball again. It's been, you know, fun to throw. It's confident in all the pitches I've really been throwing. And is that something that, that they were able to work on shortly after you were drafted? Or, or is it things that, that you have to wait till you get to spring training to, to start to really attack? Uh, it's stuff I've attacked. On the downtime, obviously, I didn't play in 2020. Uh, and then I wanted to come out here early. I got out here early before spring. I got out here about a month early before spring training started, worked with the staff, and just kind of kept trying to improve, just wanted to know what they wanted to see from me and stuff like that, and just got on the same page early and just try to keep improving. Looking at some of your numbers from the Yankees' time, uh, a lot of starting assignments for you, but – uh, you've been strictly out of the bullpen here. Uh, do you prefer one or the other, and, and do you think you're better in, in one of the spots compared to the other? I, I mean, both sides have their perks. Uh, I think I'm better out of the bullpen. You know, I, I think – I know that's kind of backwards, but uh, I think if you ask a lot of people, they probably prefer starting just because they know exactly when they're going to pitch. and it's Everyone's got a routine, but I threw out of the bullpen in junior college, and then – I thought I was going to Arkansas to be a reliever. I ended up becoming a starter, and then 
signed as a starter in pro ball. So going back to the pit was kind of just like natural, I guess, in a sense. And uh, so far it's been fun. What makes you better out of the pen in your mind? It's just, I don't, uh, I mean, you're the only really shorter, shorter stance. You can just kind of empty the tank early and, you know, you just got to get your outs and not have to worry about pitching deep in the ball games. You can just attack hitters. As, as someone new to the ball club, how quickly have, have you been able to, to get to know your teammates and really feel a part of things here? It's been great. It fits good, honestly. A lot. I feel like the clubhouse is uh, a bunch of young guys about our age, my age, and then uh, the veterans. You know, done a good job, just kind of, you know, being open, talking, taking me under the wing some. And uh, but just as a whole, I feel like the clubhouse is a really good fit. That's Trevor Steffen, who will be a part of that Indians bullpen after throwing extremely well during spring training. That's going to do it for episode number twenty-five of the Rosie Report. We will do one more. To wrap up our time here in Goodyear as we are heading back to Cleveland and then over to Detroit to get ready for opening day. But uh, it's been a lot of fun out here, and uh, we'll fill you in on that on our last number 26 episode and last episode of uh, Rosie Report Spring Training Edition coming your way soon. So uh, thanks so much for tuning into this one. As always, thanks to Bart Swain, Austin Controllis, Corkberry Trip for helping us line up our interviews all spring long. We'll catch you next time on The Rosie Report. This has been The Rosie Report. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.